This podcast episode is sponsored by Can Grow. Get fuller, longer, thicker lashes in just 12 weeks with their Long Lashes Eyelash Enhancer. Not only is it Australian made, but it is also vegan, hormone-free, cruelty-free, and gluten-free. Click the link in the description to find out more information. Hey there, and welcome to the Skin Lovers Unite podcast. My name is Kelly, otherwise known as Skin Queen, and I'm so excited to educate you on all things real skin science. Over the past five years, I've gone from working as a dermal therapist to a clinical educator where I worked with some of Australia's leading skincare companies, learning so much about the skin and science behind how it all works. And now I'm here to share all my knowledge with you. Let's jump right into today's episode. Hello skin lovers, how are you? I hope you are well. Today's episode is all about hyperpigmentation. Last week in Skin Queen Society, that's basically what we covered. It was a really in-depth dive on hyperpigmentation. And then on the Tuesday, I went into a one-on-one client where we did a pigmentation deep dive as well. And as I am recording this, I'm realizing that I was supposed to do a free training inside of my Skin Lovers Unite Facebook group all about hyperpigmentation, but I've forgotten because last week I was just so flat. But nonetheless, I will post this podcast in there. So if you found me through my group, then hello, how are you? Welcome to the podcast. You have nearly 20 episodes to catch up on. Um, And I hope that you enjoy today's episode because this is a topic that I love talking about and something that is really important to know when we actually go into the summer months because it is summer here in Australia. It is starting to warm up, which means we are starting to become more exposed to UV rays, which can actually signal more pigmentation. So let's go right back to the beginning. So when we are exposed to UV rays and our eyes see sunlight and our skin feels the heat from UV rays, it actually sends signals to our pituitary gland, which actually starts the whole melanogenesis process. And there's much more to it than that. That's why we covered it inside of Skin Queen Society. But essentially what happens is your little melanocyte cells, which live in the epidermis, start to produce pigment. Now, when I'm actually explaining this to a client, I love to show them a visual aid and I share with them that their melanocyte cell looks like a little octopus in the skin. And when exposed to sun, stress, irritation or hormones, it starts to produce pigmentation and then it starts to distribute it inside of the epidermis and then every 28 days as our cells start to move closer and closer to the surface, pigmentation starts to become more and more visual on the surface. So how do we actually treat this? Well, it's more than just applying creams and doing a few treatments. It really comes down to, well, what are the causes? So as I just mentioned, sun, stress, irritation, or hormones. So, sorry, sun, stress, irritation, hormones. Yeah, that's correct. Don't mind me. Just off from my own little world here. 
So we know that every single day we are exposing our skin to UVA rays. And it's interesting because some people will be like, I don't really go outside during the day. And I'm like, yeah, but you do because wherever you can see natural sunlight, you're being exposed to UVA. (laughs) And this basically triggers our melanocyte cells to start producing pigmentation because pigmentation is your skin's natural form of defense against the sun. And so it works as like your skin's natural tint which, you know, it's a protection mechanism. And this is why people in Southeast Asian countries or in countries that are closer to the equator or that are a little bit more hotter, they tend to have darker Fitzpatrick types. So Fitzpatrick type or the Fitzpatrick type survey was created like many, many moons ago at the dawn of time of (laughs) looking after skin. And it is a survey that will actually determine your Fitzpatrick type based off like how easily you burn, your eye color, um, you know, your genetics, whether you have darker hair, lighter hair, whether you burn easy, I think I already said that, like so many different factors play into the Fitzpatrick type survey. I'll pop a link into the description box. And basically this really helps you as a therapist to determine what their true skin color is. This is really important because we need to be able to treat the skin accordingly. And in darker Fitzpatrick types, so these are like Fitzpatrick types four and above, maybe borderline three. So I would say maybe your Fitzpatrick types three are more maybe Asian, Japanese, Chinese skins. And then four and above is where you start to get more Southeast Asian, Indian, Sri Lankan, Malaysian, and darker. And basically it's not that those Fitzpatricks have more melanocytes because everybody has the same amount of melanocytes. It's just that they actually have more consistent activity that is being like more enzyme activity from tyrosinase within their melanocyte cells. The whole reason for that is because they are being exposed to UV rays a lot more. And so it's like a natural adaptation for whereabouts in the world they're located. The skin is going to actually protect itself more and more frequently, resulting in darker Fitzpatrick types. This is really important to know because if we then go and treat them with something like laser or a really tingly peel, because they've got higher amounts of, it'll actually be you melanin within their skin, they're going to be more susceptible to the darkening of that pigmentation. So if me, I'm being like white Caucasian, I'm going to touch, you know, a hot hair straightener my skin's going to get darker and burn because that's what happens. But instead of it going from brown to browner, it's going to go from like yellow orange to like brownish because that's what happens with your skin when you're Caucasian. When you are a darker Fitzpatrick type, because you have higher amounts of melanin, what actually results in that is what we call post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation. So due to an irritation or an inflammation, your melanin is actually going to become even more darker in that area. And then it can almost leave a mark there or leave a scar or leave that post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation mark, which isn't ideal at all. This can happen in Caucasian skins as well. But then sometimes what will happen is instead of us creating more eumelanin, we might actually create pheomelanin. So pheomelanin is like the yellow, reddish, orange pigmentation. And this is often common when we have like acne scarring. So if we have like lots of acne scarrings or breakouts where we're actually 
popping and squeezing the skin quite a lot. You know, when we clear the acne, sometimes we're left with little red marks. And that's a different type of post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation that's coming from the pheomelanin that Caucasian skins make. Because Caucasian skins can actually create two types. We can create pheomelanin, which is the melanin that we always create. It's that reddish, yellow, orangish um, pigment. And it's really what's responsible for our skin color. And then it's also, uh, it can also create eumelanin. So eumelanin is the darker, browner pigmentation that often results in things like sunspots, melasma, hyperpigmentation, post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation, and so on and so forth. So when it comes to darker Fitzpatrick types, they actually create purely just eumelanin. They don't create any pheomelanin. And that basically means that because they're creating more eumelanin, more darker uh, brown melanin, their skin is actually going to absorb UV rays better and it's actually going to absorb free radical damage more. Whereas for Caucasian skins or lighter Fitzpatrick types rather, um, we actually are going to age quicker because our skin, our bloody pheomelanin isn't absorbing UV rays and when it's creating pheomelanin, sorry, eumelanin, which is the dark brown pigmentation, it's really generating a lot of free radical damage within our skin as well. So we've got like a double whammy. It's going to be breaking down collagen, elastin, and hyaluronic acid a lot quicker, as well as creating free radical damage or reactive oxygen species within our skin. So I literally have no idea why people are racist because beautiful darker Fitzpatrick types, like four to six, they're actually aging a lot better then lighter Fitzpatrick types. Go figure. And here we are still being racist. Well, not all of us, like just a select few people. (laughs) But so how do we actually treat hyperpigmentation? Well, the first thing you need to do, girlfriend, is you need to determine the cause. Because if you are just applying serums and doing some treatments to the skin without looking at what's potentially causing this, then, you know, you're just going to be fighting a losing battle. Hey there, I hope you are enjoying today's episode. If you are a beauty therapist who is hungry to learn more about skin science, skin histology, and skin concerns, and really level up your confidence around treating the skin and getting real results for your clients, then I have something for you. My course, Upgrade Your Skin Science Knowledge in 10 Days. When I first started on my journey, I really struggled to find resources online where I could learn more about the skin that didn't break the bank and really helped me to develop as a therapist. And over the past few years, I've had so many others tell me the exact same, which is exactly why I created it. So if you are listening to this and you've been searching for an amazing online resource that teaches you lots about skin, then check out my course, Upgrade Your Skin Science Knowledge in 10 Days. And don't forget to use the code SLU for Skin Lovers Unite, SLU50 to get 50% off your purchase. Now let's get back to today's episode. So when it comes to ingredients, my go-to are retinol, vitamin C, antioxidants, tyrosinase inhibitors, niacinamide, and SPF. 
And when it comes to treatments, I really opt for things like vitamin A peels, skin needling, lactic acid peels, IPL, laser. And I know that Cosmolan is like a gold standard, but I'm kind of on the fence with that. And I think that's because it's like a double peel and peels can sometimes be a little bit harsh on the wrong skin. So you know me, I'm all about the barrier function. Now, another thing that I really wanted to chat about on this podcast is melanotan. <laughs> Good old melanotan. Melanotan is so effing annoying and it's actually illegal and it's starting to pop up as ads on my feed and I keep reporting them to the TGA. <laughs> Whatever, I don't even care. You shouldn't be selling this shit. And it really just makes me so mad whenever I see anybody saying, does anybody know where I can get melanotan from? Because I'm like, no, you should not be using melanotan. So if you've never heard of it before, I've had a few of you beautiful people message me to be like, what the hell is melanotan? My client's on it. So melanotan is a lab made peptide and you inject it into your skin and it basically stimulates melanin stimulating hormone. So melanin stimulating hormone does exactly that. It's a hormone that stimulates melanin production. And so as a result, your melanocytes are overproducing tyrosinase and tyrosine and dopa and dopaquinone, et cetera, et cetera, therefore making you more brown, which like is cool and all. But if you are predominantly a Fitzpatrick one to three, There's a reason for that. (laughs) It's because of where you live in the world. It's because of your genetics. And if you're trying to change your genetics, you can really create a whole world of just bad injuries and sickness. And also too, you can just overstimulate your melanocyte cells to the point that when you go outside normally, those poor melanocyte cells are just have been overstimulated in a large dose too quickly that they'll then become cancerous. And it's interesting because I follow a girl on Instagram that we went to school with <laughs> and she posted on her feed, she's used melanotan. I know that she has because I've seen her maybe two, three, two, three years ago saying, does anybody know where to get melanotan from? And she's a cosmetic nurse. I don't think she listens to this podcast, but I was like, girlfriend, you should not be using that. And she's like, oh yeah, but I don't sunburn with it. So it's just better. I just get brown without the sunburn. And I'm like, don't you go into like a tanning booth, like a, um, I don't even know what they're called. I forget. You know, those ones where they lie in the bed, a sunbed, that's it. Bad things. <gasps> anyway, she's like, all I do is lie in a sunbed and then I just get really brown. I'm like, yeah. Because your melanocytes are now overproducing an enzyme. That's why. It doesn't mean that it's any better for you. You've basically just avoided sunburn, but you're still getting the effects of being brown and overstimulating your melanocyte cells. And we live in Australia. So if you're going to go outside and get like incidental sun exposure, you're just going to ramp up those cells and potentially get skin cancer. But I just saw that she posted on Instagram saying that she's getting skin cancers cut out today. (laughs) And I shouldn't laugh because that's goddamn awful. But like, I told you so. And this happens to so many people, especially in Australia. I just have no idea why anybody in Australia would want to use melanotan because we already have an abundance of sun. You can still get brown even with wearing sunscreen. And I'll tell you how. So... Sunscreen, we know, doesn't block out everything. It blocks out like, what, 96 to 97 or 96 to 98% of UV rays. But as we start to get into the hotter months, 
because we are feeling the heat more and we, we are being exposed to more UV rays, our melanocyte activity slowly increases at a nice gentle rate. And so by the time we get to the end of summer, we've built up quite a resilience. So we're nice and brown. Our melanocytes haven't been overstimulated in one go. Even though we're wearing SPF, our eyes will still be sending those messages to our pituitary gland. You know, we'll still be feeling it on our skin. We're just actually protecting ourselves from burning. But come the end of summer, we're nice and brown. And that's just as a result of the buildup of the tyrosinase enzyme, and we've done it gradually over time. So they're more resilient to the sun as opposed to, you know, we're just coming out of winter now. If I was to go lay on the beach and it's like storming outside, but if I was to go lay on the beach right now for like three hours without sunscreen, one, I will burn. And two, my melanocytes will be like, girlfriend, we have been in hibernation for like all year. (laughs) Now you want to do this to us? It's like a big dose all of a sudden. And so They get really amped up and that's when you can potentially turn your melanocyte cells quite carcinogenic. Oh my God, can I just say, I like usually have a script when I come into these podcasts and I just thought, I'm just going to talk and see how I go. And I'm so passionate about this. This is rolling off my tongue. <laughs> and that's why like straight after winter, we we because our melanocyte cells are so weak, because there isn't much activity in them, we don't have as much resilience. So oh, when people use melanotan or when people don't use sunscreen, I'm like, you guys, just stop. It's so irresponsible. Just put on a fake tan, put on some SPF, you know, get under your umbrella, wear your hat, you can still get brown with the tan, which I have no doubt that we're all going to do because most of us who listen to this are actually in Australia. Actually, I was having a look at my podcast the other day and I was actually surprised at where everybody is located. So I want to do a quick shout out to these countries because I was like, now this is pretty cool. So if you are in the United Kingdom, I've actually got um, 10% of my audience. Oh no, that says United States. 10% of my audience are from the States. So if you're listening to this from the States, hello, I have 5% from United Kingdom. Hello, how are you over there in the UK? And then I have... um, 3% from New Zealand, which is crazy that I've got more people in the States and the UK than I do from New Zealand. And then I have 1% from my dad's hometown, which is Ireland. So if you're listening from there, hello, how are you? Thank you so much for tuning in. Obviously, you know, the way people's melanocytes react is going to be different based on where you are in the world. I know in the UK, it's completely different because you don't get as much sun exposure And so, you know, you've got to be careful with that because once again, if you don't get much sun exposure and then you're going to inject yourself with melanotan and then go on a tanning bed, like, oh, that's so much. Whereas, you know, poor people who come from the UK to Australia on holidays, they get sunburned once and it's like, oh my gosh, it's so bad. But anyway, pigmentation is not something to be messed around with because it can lead to skin cancer if you're not actually protecting yourself. And prevention is always better than cure. I said, I've said i said this more than once. It's really important. <laughs> use your SPF. Use your antioxidants. Use your tyrosinase inhibitors. And be consistent as well. I think that's the biggest thing with anything. It's all about being consistent. 
So I'm going to end the episode there. I wanted it to be a short but brief episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And I've got some more special guests for you all coming up soon, which I'm really excited for. I think these last few guests that I've got, I think I've got maybe four guests for the rest of the year. They're going to be really fun. And then I'm actually going to be choosing a date to finish the podcast for the year. I am going away for a whole week by the beach. Don't worry, I'll be wearing SPF. I think on the 6th of December, could be. Maybe it's the 13th. It could be, I think it could be actually at the 13th to the 19th. I've got a dog-friendly Airbnb right by the beach. All I want to do is like learn how to surf, um, ride my skateboard, drink margaritas, just live my goddamn best life. So I will probably finish the podcast up the week before and take a little bit of a break and then recommence back in January. I have got a list of topics in my phone that I want to do. I'm going to do a topic on um, collagen powders and whether or not they actually work. As I said, I've got four other guests coming on, but if you have any ideas or anything that you are like, I'd really love to know more on this because it would really help me, then you know how to reach me. Send me a message on Instagram because I love hearing from you. And these are really to benefit you guys or you girls rather. So I love getting different podcast topic ideas, but I hope you enjoyed this episode. As I said, 10 minutes ago now, (laughs) have a beautiful day, night, week, wherever you are. And I will chat to you next week. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it or learned something new, be sure to share this on Instagram and tag me at skin queen. That's queen with three E's and I'll be sure to repost you. Have an amazing day and stay moisturized.